Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Hall. Hope you're doing well on this show, we bring you the best clips from our Red Men Plus subscriber content. These shows that you're about to listen to are available in full over on Red Men Plus, both in video and in podcast forms. If you want to go and check them out, if you head on over to redmenplus.com and sign up as a yearly club captain, if you enter the code weekly, W-E-E-K-L-Y, when you go and sign up as that yearly club captain, you'll get 20% off. So yeah, go and get yourself a bargain. Get on over there and check out these shows in their entirety. Right then, let's crack on with our, our first show. is the Biased Football Podcast. It gives us a chance, not because we, we focus and speak about Liverpool so, so much on this show. Biased Football Podcast lets us have a little look around the league and around Europe and see exactly what's going on. So yeah, here is a clip from that very show this week. Let's talk Newcastle. Manchester is light blue. And Tottenham first. <laughs> um, so I was, um, my, my son's delayed birthday party, so I was at like a, a VR place and we were checking the scores as we as we come away and it was like, oh, it's 1-0. Oh, it's 2-0. And I went to turn to one of the lads, who's in his, one of his mates, who's big into footy. I went, oh, have you seen, this? Have you seen the score? It's 3-0. I went, look. And I got the apple, but it was five. <laughs> I was like, oh, Christ. Um <laughs> And then I had a thoroughly enjoyable time watching the highlights back, watching the end of the game when I got back in. So it was just. For Pedro Porro, bless him. Might be the worst Premier League performance anyone's there. Him and Hugo Lloris. I like that Hugo Lloris got subbed off and he said he was injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he absolutely Injured, but was still capable of coming out and doing the like, match, the interviews. match um, interviews. Like, yeah. well, match of the day, commentator said he might have gone off with shock. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone off with PTSD or something. All the similarities have been electrocuted. He's the level that I think Ramsdale can get to. Decent. And he's won yeah. the World Cup, hasn't he? But exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he's but he's just Isn't that he's cool? also a liability. Yeah. He's a great liability. Team. It was crazy. The, like, you'd like after the first one, he might have done something about it. And I get because sometimes you can you can get struck a punch with a very early goal. Completely understand that. But then the set, he kept doing the same thing over and over, and he just kept scoring, and no one did anything. Wait, there, there uh, was even a round another goalkeeper in this game, wasn't there? Was I was the going to say, one. Joe Linton goes round the goalkeeper. I was like, get in! It was, That's a brilliant touch by Joe Linton, that first touch, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, why, why aren't you doing anything to stop this, this fella? It was like the caretaker is in charge. Like the sub teacher and the and the classmates are just throwing rubbers at each other, and he just can't be asked to fix it. And he's just he's just waiting for the three o'clock bell. Now this fella's like, and then and then when he did do something like four 0 down, it was bring Damon and Janjes on, and it was a bit like okay, the lad they were booing last week. Yeah, he got subbed on. He got subbed on off in the same game. Yeah. I love the fact that I got Larice is at, is off. 
Fraser Forster's brought in. I was like, yeah, it's not really going to help you, here, lads. I think it might be. Yeah. I mean, did you see the sixth? Yeah, not great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll go and get a shower. 20 minutes into the game, it's on. As it turns on, it was 5 0. I was like, what have I missed? It? Like, I just really? want to get a shower. The game. Like, yeah. what's happened? Uh, the whole How have I just washed myself and, to- and Tottenham <laughs> conceded five? Like, yeah. that, there's no need for that. It was great. It was, it was the same goal. Like, it's a fair play to Newcastle. They were, they were unreal. But, like, it never felt like they had to work that hard to score. They yeah, like, had one of those games, like, weird against United where everything went in. Or, like, the, I remember Every it, shot. It, was, it was the Arsenal 5 1 where we just kept finding space in behind them. Yeah, it was like 4 0 after 20 minutes. And no one, no one did anything about it. Like Spurs didn't think, you know, we'll just drop deep into this space or someone try and close the ball down or do anything. It was just ball it's in because you got Harry Kane every time they fucking kick off shouting, still no little lads, come on. <laughs> like, no, lads, go. no, lads, it's not, it's five. We go. We've got to change something now. We will score. <laughs> terrible. It, it was terrible. Um, I thought Isak took his goal as well. But like, yeah. Jacob Murphy... I think it was... Um, Is that the one from like 30 yards? Yeah. He's got both of them. He's got the first one. The first one and the bottom bins. Yeah, I, I, I get Newcastle got money. Like loads and loads of money. And and they're going to spend it. But they have, they have, And they spent a bit, don't get me wrong. But they haven't gone like Abramovich arrives at Chelsea and blows everything up. Or, like, no, Alano and fucking Rubinho at City, they've just done it like... Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. We, we want to get to those players, but I think they've gone, well, let's get them players first. And then we can get them players. Like Everett yeah, like, Ever, spent money. Everett spent Ever, Ever a lot of money and it's gone wrong. Newcastle. How, how much they've spent per goal? New, yeah. <laughs> 42 million yeah. per goal. But like, Newcastle, and don't get me wrong again, they're not like skint. They brought Anthony Gordon for 50 million quid. They're not like not spending yeah. that, I get it. But they haven't gone absolutely crazy. Like, like They haven't gone and done bags. the, done the sign and they haven't gone and got Neymar. Or whatever, or done something that's that's put the Rubinho. world of football on notice. Have they right? They've kind of done it under the radar, which is of course because the now money, you know, sports washing is a lot smarter these days. Is that you can't afford to have that kind of. You've got to make it's everyone think. Yeah, well, exactly. You've got to make it feel like it's an organic process now, and you've got to buy or get Trippier, by with fans Botman. and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's the Trippier sign, and I think it's so good. He's the just, winner. Exactly. This is the point. He is a winner, and he he reminds me of James Milner with more miles on the left on the clock. He um he's just got that experience. He's got that quality. He's got the air of assurance about him. And then they've got like a bunch of rejuvenated lads. They've got a couple of young lads in there, and they've got some other ones who, let's be honest, won't be there in two seasons' time. Maybe not even one. But they're all playing right they're at the peak of the power. Well, exactly. Get a Nick Pope like out. Fifteen million quid. They've, like they, they have spent. Well, I get they, they have spent more. Like Isak's like a, a a good chunk of change as well. But like I say, there's no like they haven't gone and gone like ninety million, under under million quid. They've done it. They've recruited well. I've always I've, I've always felt like I've rated Eddie Howe. More than others on the, you know, we've had conversations in the show in the past. I, I always think he's a, he is a good manager. They've they've done it. If you're gonna sports wash, they've done it the right way. If that makes sense, I mean, yeah. not ideal, of course. There's, my my you, thing, I, I, you do, you're right. You do probably rate Eddie Howe more than I do. My my concern is until someone's done something, I always find it difficult to yeah, yeah, yeah. really sort of get behind them. He's impressed me this season. I still wonder whether if he gets just top four again and doesn't get out the Champions League group, is he there? Because I feel like the way we're talking about the players, where they haven't got a lot of them, they haven't got Rubinho, well, you open up Champions League and you open up a, a whole new playbook of managers that you can go and get. Like he's Mark Hughes, isn't he? You know, he's, yeah. I think he's, I I think he's better. He might, always, I mean, he, he, he might be, he might he be, might be Mancini in the Man City analogy. He might be Mancini. Or he might Pellegrini. be Pellegrini, maybe. He's but not it, dead. 
but he's like looks dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I thought you were oh, dropping, like... dropping a bombshell there. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's a chance that he is just. Well, we'll see because again, goes back to this point of like capitalised on things. Arsenal aren't ready to be title challengers, in my opinion. I don't think Newcastle are really ready to be a Champions League team, but somebody's fit and fresh and been able to kind of st- steal a march on, I see, on the I other think ones. Good coach as well. Where it's all well and good going and buying your way and stuff up, like. The players they already had. He made them better. He's coaching. Like, yeah. Joe Linton looks miles better. But that's because look at who right. he's coaching. And, that, and I agree, again, look, this is like I'm, I'm criticising a future Eddie Howe here, but who hasn't, mm-hmm. doesn't exist yet. He's coaching players that he should be capable of coaching. He's coaching. He's coached Premier League before. He's had decent players at you know, Bournemouth and what They've I had some good managers, some of them players, though, so you're all right. He, he's made players better. That, that's a sign of a good coach. But they have, he looks night and day compared to what he... Yeah. I thought he was a liability for a while for them, and he, he looks really, really good. The, what they do, they're, they're quite simple in what they want to try and do. They keep things very, very basic because they are so solid at the back. They know they've got... If it, We just do the very... And it's, a lot of it was just like kick ball and behind. Yeah. Like yeah. fucking rocket science. Like it was... And it's granted, to go back to the point, like Spurs completely capitulated. I think that... What's his name, the coach? He said, like, we, we weren't prepared. Well... Good job, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, literally <laughs> the one thing you're meant to do, fella. In hindsight, right, sacking a manager and keeping his assistant yeah. as a caretaker is madness, isn't and it? And having Ryan Mason still around. No, but why look? I, I think it'd be better just put him in charge because he, he might do something different. Well, I feel in like hindsight, you tried that and it didn't go. Go well. back and keep Jose Mourinho in charge for the League Cup final and maybe win that League Cup final and totally change the complexion of the entire football club moving yeah. forward. But they've sacked Conte, kept a fellow who agreed with Conte's plans, and only knows. What Conte did. We're talking about this, like good managers getting, you know, being able to galvanize squads and be. The, the good managers are worth points because they, they can engineer wins and they don't have a good manager and they've got a demotivated <laughs> squad. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I mean, just on that, I was just a quick look at it. Newcastle had eight shots on target in that game and scored. What do you think of Kane? Yeah, that is almost exactly what we did to yeah. the United. I think we had eight shots and scored seven goals or something. Mad eight shots on target, maybe. Yeah. Because I. There was a lot of talk about Harry Kane's future, wasn't there, after this, he's going into a final year. I think Jamie Carragher made the point, I think it was on Twitter, I think he wrote, like, unless he goes to Man United and he, he went, I don't know if they sell to them, Um, I think Harry Kane will want to keep, he, he'll want to win the Golden Boot. He takes years record yeah. in the Premier League, so where the fuck's he going to go? He might end up staying at Tottenham. And I think if he does that, that is the worst decision of all time that mm-hmm. like you'd rather be the league's top scorer and win fuck all than go and win go and win a title or go and win medals somewhere else I got else. fumed at the other day when I said he wasn't a winner it's and you were all like no he is, he no, is. I, I think no, he he's is. a fucking loser like, he's, Chloe, he's the biggest loser in the in the country he's a natural born loser oh, well, we had this convent day I think it's unfair to suggest that fucking Harry Kane is, is a fucking loser based on... Who said loser? I just said he club. wasn't a winner. No, he's a loser. He's a loser, <laughs> he's a loser because he's continued to... I don't know what this to, means. He's signing for new contracts for that's the what's the football f- club. Yeah, that's the like, problem. Like, go away. You know, go and sign, go and force your move somewhere else. And with you, he needs to go now. But I, I, I see Carragher's point. If it's, if if Levy won't sell him to United... And he, if, he, if he stays at Tottenham just to get that Sheeta record... Newcastle United. Go on Hello. Real Madrid need a striker if they don't re-sign Benzema. But, you're, but you're, that's the... No, I'm yeah, that's what he should he do. Wants the Premier or go to Bayern, or go to PSG, or go somewhere and win titles and win champions yeah. trophies. Go to Man City. And Newcastle would be a good go. place for him, you know. Yeah. It was. It might be... Stand on the if, steps. I'll get all the crowd out there. And then if he beats Sheeta's record at Newcastle as well... 
I just think if he stays at Tottenham just to get that record, that it, that yeah. reflects so yeah. poorly. But it goes him. like it's like we, it's like him in the game himself gets his goal. He's done his job. That's why we laugh so hard on Ronaldo's goal got disallowed when we beat United at Old Trafford because that was his get out of jail. Well, I'm Cristiano Ronaldo. I've done my job, but everyone else has failed in their jobs. That's Kane in a, in a nutshell. He's just like I score thirty goals a season, and everyone else needs to needs to be the one who who, who carries weight. And in, in his head, that's an acceptable no, way to the, live. The where, I, where I disagree with everybody here is that like it, it could just be that he wants to win a fucking trophy at Tottenham. I don't think he does. Well, no, that last year, Chris. Well, he tried, tried to, to get to City. But he decided to stay. No, we no, never no, don't. Never. Daniel Levy decided to go. stay. Him. He didn't sign. He offered him a new contract. And he said no. But if then. he signs another contract now, you're assuming it's because he wants the golden boot thing. Yeah. Because um, of something somebody says, and it could. All I'm saying is it could be Steven Gerrard, Chelsea going. Listen, one trophy with fucking Liverpool yeah. means more to me than eight with fucking Chelsea. So that, and that I, that's where I get annoyed because you don't know. Yeah, that's a fair point. No, yeah, no, it's a fair point. I, I do understand. I just don't yeah. think he's going to win anything. Bearing though. in mind, and I think I, he should know. I understand that, but that's not. Do what you think he? I don't, I don't think. I've never got the sense that Harry Kane loves Tottenham. No, he's I don't know. And again, I'm not a Spurs fan, so he's I, been there a long time. He has fallen over the fucking club. Yeah, he could do, but again, the Gerrard one's a good one because Gerrard tried to engineer the move and change his mind. I did, but I, I don't think Harry, Harry Kane didn't mind. change his mind yeah, last summer. That. Daniel Levy wouldn't let him go. Right then, next up, yes, it's our final word show. Liverpool went to West Ham and Liverpool went and beat West Ham down at the London Stadium. It was an absolute belter of a game. And yeah, here is the final word show reviewing that very victory. I mean, I went into the game with not little faith, but... Just apprehensive, like I have been in all the games. I mean, I know, like I said, it has been five games without a loss um, before the game, but I, I don't know. It's just been unpredictable. And then when we conceded that first goal, my nerves went then, but theirs never, which was good to see because this season, once we've conceded first, it's just been the most draining thing to watch. But first half, my nerves were gone, but second half... Oh, that's a really better. good point you make because I think I think Jamie would agree during the course of the season when, when we haven't played very well in the face of adversity so we go a goal yeah. down and you get round shoulders and the people that you want to stand up and be counted and be leaders have kind of gone hiding a little bit and mm. self-confidence a lack of self-confidence rather will do that to you and even the best players the ones that play every possible game in the season and are on the precipice of football and immortality those guys still are human, Jamie, and they still suffer from nerves and they still suffer from football. It's particularly a confidence game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we've developed, going back to the Arsenal game now, a good trait of, of obviously, Arsenal, we stank the place out for the first 20 minutes, ended up coming back, probably should have won the game. We've um, conceded against Leeds, that, you know, that uh, mistake from Canate. Went up and down the other end, scored straight away. I know Leeds weren't very good, but you know we didn't feel sorry for ourselves, which we have done for a lot of other games in the season. When some, even like Salah missed a penalty against Arsenal, you know he misses a penalty against Bournemouth and we lose the game. I think there's definitely been a bit of a mentality shift. Uh, Forest, we get pegged back twice and we don't go. Oh God, it's another one of them. We win the game, and yesterday we we concede first. Bit of maybe questions over, you know, someone, I think someone could have tugged somebody down or, you know, at least tried to stop that developing on the left-hand side, but it's a it's an emphatic finish. And then we don't go, oh, here we go. These are playing well. You know, the crowd's up, they're doing well in Europe, but not like, we just, 
you know, within f- five minutes or so, go down the other end and score. Because yeah. I thought we'd been playing pretty well until until we conceded the goal. It feels yeah. like we're getting that belief back. You know, once we go down, that we can actually come back and win the game or, or get a draw, get something out of it. Because you just haven't seen that at all this season. It just hasn't felt like we were going to claw back at all. But you could see the belief in the players as well. They don't look as deflated as they have in the past when they've went behind. They look like they actually had some belief there. And I mean, I don't know if it's a big result. I mean, none of us know about top four, none of us know what's going to happen. I think there's 15 points left to pay for, 18 maybe, depending on yesterday. But I don't know, it just looked like they had the belief back and that'll probably set us forward going into next season, like Klopp said himself, like next season sort of starts now when you go into mentality and stuff like that. So hopefully it gives them a confidence boost if it doesn't get us to top four. But if we do, then it looks like a really important result. It does. And and I think, dare I say it, mentality monsters is a phrase that's been thrown around this Liverpool side for years. Um, this is resilience, not mentality monsters yet. Yeah, it's on the yeah. road to mentality monsters, I think is fair to say. So it's really good to see some resilience. I think you're right, five or six minutes that we were behind for before we got the equaliser. We're, we're really, really pushing to try and get to the sort of the holy grail, which is mo- really, really unlikely given the opposition we're up against. But we'll never let it go until it's mathematically impossible. And all you can do is keep winning games. And if by hook or by crook, Everton manage a result against Newcastle tonight, mm. um, it makes life interesting. What are you rooting for? Do you want Newcastle to win or do you want Everton oh, to you win? Know, it's a difficult one. It's a I, I always one, put Liverpool's... It? quests and but things first. we're trying to do yeah. first. So in that regard I would be okay if Liverpool if if if, if Everton were Got to win. I won't lie because of the way that things have gone between the two clubs. If Everton go down I'm not really bothered. I have no quest for them to, to I want Everton to stay up because it's yeah. two derbies yeah. every year. I, I don't particularly enjoy the relationship between no, the clubs at the moment. I'm not like a Merseyside I'd, football no. like oh good for the city sort of I'd like to see that it. change if I'm being honest. I'd yeah, like to see yeah. it go back yeah. to how it was in the in the sort of 80s and 90s when we went to two FA Cup finals and they travelled down together and there's the yeah. famous video of the Everton fans pulling the Liverpool fan through the toilet window because he didn't have a ticket. <laughs> Those days are gone. I'd like to see that come back to some yeah. degree. I doubt it will. Um, but if the point being, if Newcastle don't get anything at Everton, a little bit of self-doubt, not used to being in this position, not used to working towards these things. We're seeing it with Arsenal now, taking one point, uh, sorry, three points from the last 12. Yeah. You don't win league titles doing that. And equally, if we can see someone unseat Newcastle's confidence, that said off, off the back of a 6-1 win at home to Tottenham is a is quite a claim, um, then, then potentially that they could suffer the same fate. We need to be there to capitalise. You remember when we were running the, the, the gap down between City last season and we were 14 points behind them with a game in hand and every time we came in here we were saying, win your games, win your games, win your games and hope upon all hope that something happens to City and they have a wobble. There was a stage when we were a point clear of them. They played the, on the same day and went back two points in front of us. But if Manchester City can have a wobble, they're in autopilot right now. They know how to do this and so do yeah. we. So, so really interesting if we can push this across the line. It's not over, it's not finished, but it, but it's it's hard. It's really really hard thing to do. And, and you said before, Abby, at the start of the show, we we finished the season well and we end up fifth. There's a little bit of something to build on because we finished the season well. If we finish the season with let's say eight wins and a draw in the last nine games, for instance, and we get to that stage, and that catapults us to fifth, and we're banging on the door of fourth. What it says to me is. You didn't really need to be very good for very long to get into the top four, but we've been off it for such a long period through the season, we never got close to asking those questions. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I completely agree with you. And you build on that next season, do you know what I mean? Especially if we finish fifth. I, I'm the type of person who wants us to finish in a European yeah. place. I, yeah, I, I don't too. get this 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 vibe that's going on at the minute where people go, I don't want it, just focus on the league. I, I'll take the away days. Give me your tickets if you don't want to go to the Europa Games, do you know what I mean? I, I want that. I want more games. Give the young kids a chance to get a run out as well if we're not in the Champions League, but it's not over till it's over. So I'm not saying it as if we are in the Europa and I'm not saying it as if we're not getting any European football, but it's all on the table at the minute. But I really want Everton to go down this season. So I, I'm i going to sit there tonight and either, either way, what happens, I'll be sound. Maybe a draw. A draw might do. I think a draw puts them to eight, puts Everton to eighteenth. I think still keeps yeah. them in the bottom three. So that that'll probably suit me. I think. <laughs> what, are, what are you up or down for Everton? I don't mind either way. I think it'd be. I've I've always thought that they'll do it, but then there was a point last year where it went. No, these are going down. Yeah, aren't I did they? as and, well. Oh, they might. It could be catastrophic for them going down. I think. I think uh, going back to us, some of the. Man United and Newcastle players might just be looking over the shoulder a bit here now because they know we've got the we can put runs together. We haven't looked like doing it all year, which is why a lot of people have gone out. Top four's definitely gone. United have got um some tricky I'm, I'm trying to remember who they've got now. Spurs am I ridiculous is it ridiculous and thinking Spurs could not lose? Mm. Um Against United tonight, you know, like and 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 Villa are in there. United are playing Brighton, I think, at some point. So there's games where and and what always happens at this point in the season is like Liverpool lose to Southampton on the last day. There's always some stupid yeah. results, isn't there? It's never it never goes how you think, but there are enough big, there are enough decent clashes between these these top four rivals for them to drop points. So we just have to keep winning the games and see where we are. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right then, nice one to stay to Jamie and to Abby for that one. Yeah, it's always nice to talk about the Reds winning football games. Hasn't been too often away from home, especially. So that was a really, really good one. Right then, next up, it's Jano Insight Time. It was me alongside goals, Neil Jones. And we had a big old chat about more of the midfielders being linked to Liverpool this summer, of which there are plenty. Speaking of moves, let's talk about Kefir and Taram. So we filmed a little bit earlier last week, didn't we? Um, so this came out just after me and Neil had spoken on on last week's show from Miguel Delaney, the chief football writer of The Independent. says, Liverpool identified Legend's son as a solution to their midfield problem. Kefren Taram is seen by Jürgen Kopp's perfect answer to the Liverpool... Sorry, perfect answer to the issue after Liverpool missed out on Jude Bellingham. Goes on to say, um, Liverpool are looking at OGC Mises Kefren Taram as an option for their midfield this summer. Jürgen Klopp is seeking to overhaul the city of the team and is seeking at least two players haven't missed out on Borussia Dortmund's Jude Bellingham. Goes on to say, Liverpool wants one with energy and running, the ability to carry out the Germans' demands tactically um, and assessments as Taram that he fits that bill after this considerable development in the French League. It's another name to add to the mix. There's been plenty of them. We've spoken about plenty of them here on this show. Um, we've spoken before about maybe it, it might just be a list because Liverpool, had, Liverpool aren't going to get to a situation where, like last year with Schumann, it was him or nobody. They're not really in the the, the comfortable position of that they need to get bodies in. It, it, yeah. Does it feel like that might be this way? Does it, he, he does sit somewhere on a list of, of potential options. Yeah, I think so. I think... <laughs> I think everyone's on the list almost, isn't he? Everyone under the age of 27 who plays in midfield at a, at a decent level is 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 a potential player for Liverpool. I mean, there's other. I mean, we haven't. I know he's not on the agenda here, but there was a story on the weekend about Calvin Phillips, wasn't there? You know, <laughs> I being, didn't put that on the agenda. Being, being in there, you know, there's possibilities everywhere. I I would. My argument, not my argument, but my sort of thing would. I think Liverpool would want a bit more of a sure thing, and I think. Kefren Taram is clearly a player of huge potential, isn't he? You know, he's he's playing on a good side in, in in the French league. You know, playing have the pride of playing alongside Ross Barkley and and, um, and Aaron Ramsey and Nicolas Pepe and the likes. Play for France, yeah. He's obviously got huge potential. It's whether they believe that potential is is nailed on, and they did with with Chiumeni. They obviously did with Bellingham, um, despite not being able to get them. Or is he is he someone who just they know exactly what they'll get from him if they put him straight into this Liverpool team? I think there's there's enough doubt there, isn't there? Obviously, you know, not not to go down the sort of soccer sati route of player doesn't play in England, so he can't handle the Premier League. Plenty of players can come in and, and, and immediately handle it. But that would be the question. Can he can he go straight into this team or does he become a player that, you know, maybe maybe you know, huge potential, but maybe not, or maybe maybe he does. Um but I, I would definitely the price, the age the profile, the type of player he is, the potential that he's got makes him someone who's definitely on on a list. You know that Liverpool would be looking at. There's a lot, a lot of players. A lot, like you wouldn't believe how many players. Are, you know, you you hear banded about around Liverpool. We talk about a lot of them on this show. Look, there's some underneath. Obviously, now there's another one we're going to talk about in a sec. I don't think you'd rule any of them out. 
really beyond maybe <laughs> anyone who's over 28 or anyone who's going to cost 150 million pounds. Like anyone not new, anyone not yeah. named Drew Bellingham. Yeah. At this point in time. yeah, yeah. You know, I think Taram's in in a maybe category. I think that would that would be the way. There's there's a lot in that maybe category, and it depends again. You know, there's stories. You know, we go back to another player, but Mason Mount. The stories this week that Chelsea are going to have face to face talks with, with him, or, or have held face to face talks. They're going to try and make a play to to keep him. You know, that is a knock on effect, doesn't it? If they're successful, if they're not successful. There's a chance Liverpool get get the deal done. If they are successful, of course, that's off the table. So you move down the list, don't you? And okay, who was on? Who was underneath there? Okay, you know, others. Mateus Nunes was was high on the list early in the season, or was was pretty pretty much you know a big target. That seems to have moved a little bit away. Who was underneath that that name? You know, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts. I think I think obviously we'll see. Things start to solidify and, and and you know become a bit more clear. I think in the next month, you know, I think they're going to get into position, aren't they? Where they want to be in, uh, they want to be ready to move. I think Jurgen confirmed that the um, the return date for for preseason, the eighth of July. I think they want to have people through the door by then. They don't want to be in a position where it's like, right, okay, if we don't get him, who are we going to get? I think they want to be in a position where they know what they're getting. So I think May we'll see a lot of things start to become a little bit more clear, whether it'll involve. Mr. Chiram, I don't know. Maybe he can bring his brother as well. I yeah, think yeah. his brother's uh, gonna have a move in the summer. Yeah, Marcus, if, if you can't get one guy out of the, yeah, out of I'd have Lillian. There was times this season when I would have had his dad. He's still probably got a game for us yet. Yeah. Let, let's move it on then, because uh, on the on the Jao Paulini stuff, he's the next name I want to speak to. Miguel Delaney also named him in his story. Dom King wrote something similar, saying he's a name on a list. Um, I was looking before, obviously, at the when, when we went to the Tram thing. What one thing he can do, he, he can play as like that number six mm. type role, but he can also play as an eight. Um, Palini again, Fulham. He's been predominantly more, yeah, of, more that, of, the, of the holder midfielder. Um, a lot of the links that Liverpool have been, you know, you're talking your Mount and your Gravenberches and your McAllisters and your Bellingham. It, it, it's all of it's been ahead of what you'd call number sixes. Um, with Fabinho's form being what it was, for, it, it felt like maybe them getting a six was like. Um, Almost a necessity, but there weren't too many names banded about. But now we're starting to hear a couple of them. Do you think they are going to play sign somebody who can maybe take his place and he becomes more of an option? I, 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 obviously, Stefan Pachetic is, is also in this mix, but Trent. Trent, Trent's playing effectively doing the same job now. Um, but it, I don't know. There's, there's two more names now on today's show who, who are more like who can be more your holding players, which is a bit of a move away from the other conversations we've had in recent weeks. Yeah, I think. That, I think it depends on what they feel of Fabinho's decline this season. Really, is it is it a permanent one? Is it a a, a manageable one? And you know, a, a consequence of other things, systems and injuries, and you know, fatigue, whatever. I think if you were to sign Jao Palinha, you're putting Fabinho on the chopping block, aren't you? You know, you're putting you're putting him in a position where it's like, okay, he, I mean, it's easy to if let, let's say Curtis Jones. If, if Liverpool sign Mason Mount, you, you say, okay, that, that's someone who plays sort of similar to you, but you know you could play with him. They, you could both play in the team. You, you could alternate. I think if you're signing Pauline, you're saying to Fabinho. In a bit. Well, yeah, or, or <laughs> like, you know, if you're not on it, there's your place gone. You know, it, it, it's that. He, he looks he looks a good player. I, I like him right. a lot. I like both of the, the lads who play in midfield for Fulham. I know he's not a, a particularly... <laughs> I, you know, I don't think Liverpool are going to sign him, but Harrison Reed, I've seen him play a few times this season. And thought, wow, what a what a good season he's had, and and him alongside and Palinias, likewise. I think they, I think Fulham have been a really good side this season and play lovely football. Um, 
Palinia really ticks a fair few boxes, doesn't he? If you think of in the age, he's got pretty good experience. He's not he's not a kid, is he? He's, he's you know mid twenties. He, he's got the Portuguese sort of background, a good competitive element to it. He's got a, a bit of bite in his game, hasn't he? You know, he gets a lot of bookings, um, wins a lot of tackles, that kind of thing. Potentially a a player who you could see moving up the up the league. Um, after after a year at a club like Fulham, having a, a year to acclimatise and doing well in the meantime, but that would be my question: is you know, who, who's your or where's your where's your mind that with Fabinho? Is if you're Liverpool, are you, are you in the position of now we're in trouble? He he's he's in he's under pressure. Potentially even even would he leave the club? You've got Jordan Henderson there. I think Jordan's looking. He's struggling, but would would he be revitalised by being moved into that that sixth position? Possibly, as you say, you've got Bajetic, who is a long term option in there. Played well this season, obviously, but this is an eighteen year old kid we're talking about. So let's we'll we'll put a pin in that one for a bit. And then you've got Trent moving in, into that position where I don't think it's any sort of coincidence that probably Fabinho. I'm saying Fabinho's looking a bit better. Is it because he's just got someone right next to him to give the ball to, and and you know he just has to worry about sort of where he is off the ball, possibly. But if that's going to continue, then okay, that might be fine, mightn't it? So there's a few few considerations there for that. I I probably wouldn't have expected Liverpool to go and buy a an out and out Fabinho replacement. I think ideally it'll be someone who who's happy further forward. But maybe if you change the system or you play a different way. Whether that's with Henderson in there, or whether it's with Trent in there, or whether it's with you know four two three one or whatever, can can sort of do a little bit of everything in there. It's that way, like, and then you go back to Tehran with that, and then maybe Ryan Gravenberg. Gravenberg, you know, they're, yeah. Maybe they're the two. That is the thing, and it's almost replacing Jordan Henderson, someone who can play as an eight. But if you need to be a, your deputy to Fabinho as number six, yeah, they, that does that does make a bit. I think I think yeah, and also someone who can who's got the legs to to do the. The ugly way. I mean, Klopp's made a big thing in recent weeks, hasn't he? You've heard him say it. The ticket, the, the ticket into the team is what you do off the ball. That's why Curtis Jones is playing, obviously. Why Jota's ahead of Nunes? It's actually. why Jota's. Yeah, it's why Nunes isn't playing. You know, never mind who who plays in his in his place. It's definitely why Jota's playing. You know, it's why Jordan Henderson's still on the side, even though he's struggling, because Jurgen believes that they'll do the the side to side work in midfield. They'll do the, the the space filling. They'll do the second balls. They'll they'll you know be part of the press. It needs to be someone like that, doesn't it? It needs to be someone like Ener- who's got energy in it. You know, I've, there's, there's players, and I might look stupid on this, but there's players I've seen linked with Liverpool. Ruben Neves might be a good example of that. Where I think mm, I'm not sure about that. I think that changes a lot of what Liverpool do if if they've got a Ruben Neves in there. Maybe a little bit Tillemans as well. When you see that, you think, mm, that doesn't sort of maybe I'm maybe I'm just missing a lot. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time, but. It it doesn't tally with sort of what what the manager's saying. The manager's saying I want us to be get back to this way of playing. So when you see Mason Mount linked, even Conor Gallagher to a degree, you, you sort of say, yeah, okay, I, I see what he's getting at. I see he wants, he just wants more more legs and a bit more quality in, in there. I think Palinia, you know, Palinia Turan, different types of players, obviously different different profiles, but they definitely they definitely. Look like they're good enough to play for a you know a bigger club or a better club. Um, sorry, better club, a terrible, terrible phrase to use. Um, 
but a bigger club and a, a more ambitious club or a, a club fighting at the, you know higher up the table. So we'll see what comes of it. But there's a, there's like a lot of names. Listen, we'll be on next week. There'll be another name. There'll be another face next to mine on that. Um, boxing post that we have at the start. I am sure that's the money to hit. We did say on Thursday night, fine last week, that I might be the star, but I, even I'm starting to concede that might not be the case. Now, um, yeah. before we wrap up on the midfield thing, then, you, I, have, I thought it was a really good point you made before, but you know, being ready to play, not only ready to come in, but ready to play, you know, it wouldn't be the, you know, McAllister, Mount, Palinia, maybe that's the, the mould as well, where it's like, you, you know, you're not worried about them adapting to the Premier League. You've seen it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there, there might still be some doubts. I think Sam's a great player. I think he'll have no problem fitting in. Bitch, I don't know because he hasn't played for a season. But, I mean, yeah, if Jürgen's looking, you know, your bankers, you've got to pay a bit more for Premier League players. You know, you can say those, you can throw that into the mix as well. Like, I always thought this was Alex Ferguson was really, really good sometimes. He used to buy Prem, like, lads who were boss in the Premier League and then they, and more often than not, he'd come in and be just as good. Um, is, there, is there a chance where Liverpool go and get Freeman for you? Does there someone on all three of them have been signed from? From teams in England, it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be the biggest shock for me. No, it wouldn't amaze me, especially with the homegrown elements as yeah, well yeah, yeah. to consider. Uh, I do think that there will be at least one player that you that would would add to that quota. Um, and yeah, if you look at the way the Premier League's developed as well, it it's become so strong, hasn't it? In terms of you know the the, the level of player really and the level of tactical sort of. Every team, um, sophistication. Every team's got one. You think, wow, he's yeah, yeah, he's and and you, you you look. I mean, I know that I know that not every not every team in the Premier League is excellent. Obviously, there's a few poor ones, but there's there's a lot of good players within within those teams. You go, do you know what? He's 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 a really good player, and, and they're all they're all pretty much set up, you know, quite well, aren't they? You know, they they, they all like to play, but there's a lot who, who are good disruptors as well, and I think that maybe does factor into this that you know it's. Maybe a certain demand for, is required to play in the Premier League, and and having that under your belt already proven is a big tick in, the, in a box. You know, of course, the, the cross in the box is the money side of it, and I, you know, I sort of, you know, another player we, we can we can throw into this, but Romeo Lavia was was linked with Liverpool, I think, wasn't he from Southampton? And you know, you think about him last summer, never played. I don't think he'd ever played a, a professional game even, and. By the end of the summer, it was talked that oh god, Chelsea were going to try and sign him, you know, get him out of Southampton before he'd even sort of set, got his feet under him. To have that that knowledge that someone can can have a season, even if it's a difficult season, even if it's a season where their, their team struggled, to have that knowledge that you know what when you put them in the Premier League against De Bruyne or Bernardo Silva or Odegaard or whoever Bruno Fernandez, they can they can handle it, they can mix it. It's a big, it's a big plus. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be amazed at all if Liverpool sort of. I wouldn't, wouldn't say they, they narrowed the search into that department of oh, it's got to be Premier League proven. But I think I wouldn't be amazed at all if they, if that was a sort of, you know, a decisive factor in some of the decisions that they make where they go, do you know what? We've got that option there. We've got that option. The money's where it is, but we know what we're getting from whoever it is. You know that he's ready to play in the Premier League week in and week out. It's a, it can only be a plus plus. Thanks once again to Neil. He really is the man. Right then, finally this week, then we've got the deep dive. Yeah, it's Chris and Josh, as it always is. The lads, honestly, their their ability to spot patterns and tactics and the stats and all that stuff, it blows my mind. It really, really does. They are far cleverer than I ever be. So I watch the deep dive each and every week to try and get myself a little bit smarter. We're going to give you a chance right now to listen and hopefully we can teach you a thing or two as well. 
whenever I've watched them, right, and this is going to sound ridiculous, <laughs> so I'm sorry in advance. Bracing myself there. Um, he reminds me of if you took Patrick Vieira, okay, right, and you stuck him in Paolo One Chop's body. <laughs> right, that's the type of player I think he is. Like, because he, right. he like he he's so physical, he's so strong, but he's yeah. rangy, isn't he? Yeah. But he's a great dribbler, and that's what when Patrick Vieira went from that. So when when he when he went to City, and then he, they were just like just run through the field, lad. But if you imagine Paolo Wanchop trying to do it, because he just moves a bit different, like that's how I imagine him, and I I think he'd be fun to watch. To be honest with you, yeah, I do. I mean, I was with you then, to be honest, up until Vieira. But then the Wanchop thing threw me off massively. I don't know if it's because I haven't, I never actually seen him play that much. Oh, then you know, no, so. he's just a big rangy fucker. Just like the winning. Yeah, he was a striker, but it was his body shape. Yeah, okay. you know, it, it's a bit like if you put. Vieira in Matip's body and asked him to just <laughs> run through the middle of the park. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. that's I suppose it's a similar thing to that, like just a weird body. Yeah. Um and but just they're good at running. Yeah, I mean you touched on his body there. Uh, he is six three, which is a nice thing in terms of Liverpool's midfield, at least because Klopp seems to want some form of physical presence if you look at Bellingham and, and Adeline Chuameni that we, we tried to sign last summer. Both of those lads are over six foot. Uh, as I said, Gravenberg is is six three. And um, as you touched on there, he is quite a ball carrier. I assume you're saying that because because he's a he likes to carry the ball. Mate, he's a brilliant it? dribbler through the middle yeah. of the park, and that's what I mean is that like not Paolo One Chop's skill set, just his body, <laughs> everything that Patrick Vieira had as a footballer in Paolo One Chop's body. Yeah, okay. that's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, we can we can visualise that in a way, not not the One Chop stuff, but the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit difficult because. He's playing for Bayern at the minute, he's not, and he, well, he's not playing for Bayern at the minute, so we've had to go back a season to capture this. Yeah. So this is the Ed VC uh, for those who are watching now. Um, this is his final season at Ajax last, last season, and I've just picked two metrics that kind of highlight ball carrying and, and being able to carry the ball over long distances and stuff. So that's progressive, pad, progressive, progressive carries on a pair 90 basis and successful dribbles pair 90. Uh, and what you see in there is every player in the division who's played at least 1,000 minutes. Um, and as you, see, as you can see, Gravenberg is kind of towards the outliers, really, isn't he? I mean, yeah. you've got a few players who look familiar there, I'm sure. But most of those players who he's with there are forwards or full-backs. I think Philip Max is a full-back. Anthony is obviously a... Philip Max, we were linked with him. He was a right-back, wasn't he? We were linked with him a few years back. Yeah, I think he, I think he originally played in the Bundesliga. But I'm not. He must be in the Eredivisie now or something like that. But I can't say I followed his career trajectory <laughs> too well. Yeah, well, Ritzo Down is a forward. Anthony is currently at Man United. Yeah. Brumer and wasting Pritchard. space there now. Yeah, yeah. Brumer is a forward. But he has less successful dribbles than Anthony. Um, last season. No, he has more. Well, sorry, more, more. more yeah, more, yeah. Well, that, that kind of captures what we're on about, really, doesn't it? I mean, Anthony, with show so far has shown himself to be a bit of a weird player at United, but. He's definitely tricky. Definitely likes to dribble. Well, he used to dribble forwards, and now he dribbles in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> he's got it all wrong. Yeah, that Ali Reza Jahan bash there. I've just done so. What? Much. Yeah, is that how you say that? <laughs> you you, you just went with it. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you just didn't make that up? No, I know that's how you say it because he played for Brighton. Him. Ali Reza Jahan bash. Yeah, yeah, Iranian, internationally is. Uh, he's a forward. Ali Reza Jahan bash. Luis Sinistiere. Like it. <laughs> Luis Sinistiere on the back of this season moved to Leeds 
Mm-hmm. I think he scored last night, maybe, did he? Don't know. Um, and obviously Cody Gakpo yeah. is, is probably the, the name everyone recognises there. This is his season at PSV. We know, based on all, what we've seen already, that Gakpo is a keen carrier of the ball and Gravenberg is kind of right up there with him, basically. And was he playing as a left-sided eight for Ajax? Yeah, he was playing as a left-sided eight and uh, he, he originally kind of emerged as a player who would help with the build-up, come a little bit deeper and stuff. Um, and towards the end of his time at Ajax, he moved towards the final third, a bit like what Jones has, has done this season in terms of moving a little bit higher up. And just last week, just so I could get a bit of a better gauge on him, I sent a little DM to a lad who works as a, a video scout in the Edvisi, who I've, I've spoke to a few times and things like that. So I just kind of asked him, like, what does he think, basically? Um, so we just said that I actually played two roles in the 4-3-3 as a left-sided centre-mid. Deeper to get on the ball originally, and then later he was pushed between the lines. He's ridiculous on the ball for his age, but also a lot to learn, especially in moments of transition going both ways. Um, I asked him if he's a passenger on the defensive side of the game, because obviously Liverpool need to get better with that. Klopp's talking about counter-pressing, being a ticket into the team and all this. He said he contributed well at a VC level and in the Champions League. He's not a passenger, but he's also not super active, is the way he described them. So, and I did look at his defensive numbers as well. So um, look at them now, then the ball carrying midfielders. Yeah, well, in, in terms of his defensive numbers, he posted 2.7 tackles and interceptions per 90 in this season that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That is about as much this season as a Joe Willock, Coutinho, Bruno Fernandes, Michael Elise. Passengers. Not, kind of, yeah, yeah. But it's more <laughs> than Jordan Henderson, would you believe? No. Yeah, and Harvey Elliott. So I kinda would do you know what? I can't I kinda would believe it about Henderson at the moment. People think Henderson's a master ball winner, right? He's not been this season, mate. He's not. He's a presser, I'll give you that. Covers ground a lot. In terms of regaining the ball for you, he really doesn't do it as much as people think. Mm. Uh, and you can kind of debunk that with the numbers. Um, and if, if we go back to the, the visualisation that I've just shown, obviously he's, he's grouped there with forwards, doesn't look as special. So if we look at it again with those forwards and full-backs and centre-backs removed, that is how he looks compared to centre-mids, yeah, midfielders on in the VC last wow. season. It's a big difference. Yeah, he's clearly an outlier there when it comes to like carrying the ball and dribbling with the ball. But this is where the risk thing comes in because... I mean, do you know any of them? Well, no, but I'd like to say that I misread Dirk Proper as Dick Proper, and I thought that was really funny. Um, but I don't know any of those players. The risk obviously can come from that, but it can also come from the fact that he didn't break into Bayern Munich sides, and you don't know what's happened over the last sort of few months as well. So yeah. I suppose this is where Liverpool's sort of much heralded research on a player comes in, doesn't it? Because yeah. you know you don't want to get someone who, who's not really fitting in in the squads or who's, who's spitting his dummy out because he's not getting games because he might come into Liverpool and you know Klopp over the years has, has been well known for sitting players until they've learned the system. Is that something he'd want to do after basically taking a year out from first team football week yeah. in, week out with just the one start so far this season? So is that a risk? Is it a risk because these stats are based on the Eredivision? You know, we know that there is a formula that football clubs use 
to take the metrics from the the Dutch league and apply them into the Premier League. There's yeah. like a, a formula, isn't there? Like a one point divide by one point something or or something, and you can and each league will have one of those sort of. Um, yeah, strength, strength ratings. Yeah, like yeah. a strength rating. So it brings them down. So it's like you're doing this in the in the Dutch league. Well, we we, we reckon it's let's say twenty percent. So we divide by one point two, and that's what we're going to get out of you. And mm. each league, I know Liverpool have them, and, and a lot of the big clubs have these sort of strength indicators. Um, is it going to translate as well to the Premier League as a risk? And I think that's what you're sort of alluding to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we took the chance on Cody Gakpo. Obviously, he's come from PSV. He's come from Holland. And but to be fair to him, in Holland he was basically ripping it up. You know, he was on like I think around the, around the time of the World Cup, he was on like double figures for goals and assists in that league, in like twenty twenty two games, twenty two starts or something like that. So in my head was it eighteen and eleven or something ridiculous like that? I thought it was twelve and nine. Twelve and personally. nine might be it. Yeah, um, maybe I'm thinking of mixing up with Diaz or something. But regardless of what it was, Gakpo was showing as like a, a very obvious outlier yeah. in terms of his numbers, like. Um, Twelve and nine, yeah. The hell, Josh? The previous season it was twelve and twelve. Um so he's got twelve and nine this season for PSV in half the games really, which is why we took a chance on him. I don't think Gravenberg is as obvious as a special standout like that. Um but I suppose in comparison to certain midfielders with certain metrics like the ones we've shown here, he does stand out as a specific kind of ball carrier, a bit like Jones, a bit like um well, else is there who's like a ball carrier like that? Kovacic does it. Well, one of the things that I sort of wanted to relate it to was Liverpool now. Because if you were telling me Liverpool were playing a 4-3-3 and we were taking a risk on Gravenberg, I'd go, OK, chance. I like that. I don't think I'm as comfortable with him being this position here, in that sort of Kurt Jones position at the moment. And the reason why I'm probably not as comfortable is that he strikes me as a... Great dribbler over distance. Like he chews up the ground really fast with that long stride of his being six foot three. Yeah. And I just wonder whether you want someone a bit more technical, a bit more in the David Silva sort of mould of a player to play this, and whether he'd be more of a that guy using the grass in front of him to get into a stride. And that's how he beats players. They're sort of flat footed, he just moves it, runs past them. Good dribbler as well, like don't get me wrong. But I just don't see him as quite technical enough from what I've seen of him anyway. Cheers to Chris and cheers to Josh for that one. Yeah, that is the end of this week's show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Like I say, if you want to go and check out those shows in their entirety, head on over to redmenplus.com. Sign up as a yearly club captain. If you use the code weekly on the payment screen, you'll get it for a discount. You'll get it for 20% off. However, that code does expire on April 30th. April 30th. So if you're listening to this before then, you haven't got much time. So get, don't delay. Get yourselves over there. Go and check it all out. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Redmen Weekly. See you there.